Welcome to the Self-Talk Radio Show. Mind-Changing Radio. I'm Sarah Spencer, and my next guest hails from New Zealand. He left school at 15, where a chance encounter with a hypnotist changed the course of his life forever. He now helps thousands of Law of Attraction fans with his free software program, The Abundance Index, and he shares how he became the Abundance Index coach. Welcome to my guest, Ed Lester, on Self-Talk Radio Show. Your story, you've worked with hypnosis, you've worked with lots of different modalities. How did you start in, in this? I, I know school was not exactly a happy uh, moment for you. Yeah, school was just frustrating. You know, I was in school. I left school in 1985. I was 15 years old. You know, you know me. I'm an optimist. I'm a positive person. But, but school was restraining. I think a lot of people who are creative can find that. They can find this, you know, the structure of school to be very, very difficult. And it, it really was for me. My way of learning was to go into a kind of a dream world and figure things out in my own way. Uh, that didn't go down well with teachers. So, of course, there was that, co- that constant conflict. And I think a lot of people can relate to School is great for some people. It's designed for a certain type of mindset and thinking style. You know, my wife would very much come under that category. She loves that structured um, way of learning. For me, if I can't, if I can't daydream, I can't progress. You met someone when you were 15 that was life changing. Can you talk about that? Yeah, totally. So, so I was uh, not at school one day, which was the usual story. I did. I used to stay. There. <laughs> I was with some friends, um, and I can put, I, I, you know, I couldn't give you the exact date, but it's certainly, you know, beginning of 1985, say, a lot going on in the world. And so, yeah, I was in, I was in town one day with some friends, and, and, and I grew up in this town called Swindon in England, small town, pretty ordinary kind of place. It did, we didn't have a McDonald's at that stage, or we may have just got one, but, it, you know, it was, we didn't have many of the big things that the bigger cities had. But what we did have was a hypnotherapist office. There was, a, there was a, you know, honest to God, there was a true to life hypnotherapist there in the middle of town, big, big brass plaque, you know, and nobody really knew what that meant. It was obviously intriguing, that word hypnosis, you know, that's a, that's a strange word. And, you know, we were all kind of pushing each other to say, can someone go and knock on the door and, you know, find out what who he is and what he does and, you know, wind him up a bit, like a <laughs> knock on the door and run away kind of thing. And I said, no, I'll do it. And... And I, and, you know, you talk about metaphors in life and how reality and metaphor can get very kind of mixed up. But, you know, for me, there's a very clear memory of walking up this staircase. And I knew, like we all do in life, when something's going to change, we feel this feeling of overwhelm and, scare, you know, fear and scary and confusing. And, you know, do I walk up the staircase? Do I not walk up the staircase? But, you know, I, I, I walked up the staircase. It's a metaphor meets real life. And knocked on the door, met this guy, had a chat with him. And I was like, you know, I'm 15 years old and, you know, he just introduced himself as a hypnotist. He was really, really friendly. And I said, I haven't got any money. He said, ah, oh, I don't like that, you know, I'll help you out. And just kind of talked me through what hypnosis was and just kind of showed me, just said, you know, close your eyes and took me for this meditation. Um, and I listened to the, you know, it was life-changing. I just found, you know, wow, hypnosis is not this swinging a watch and making you do stuff or any of that TV stuff. It's, it's you know, what I experienced was nothing to do with that. What it was was a creative space in which I felt totally and utterly empowered, like, wow, this is what it's all about. This is reality. This is this is actually a space in which I can be an artist, you know, create things, um, start to believe that things are possible that I didn't believe were possible before. And, you know, I, he gave me a cassette that he recorded, you know, this, that's how long ago it was, a tape cassette. And, you know, I remember listening to that years later when I was trained in hypnosis and listening to it and thinking, you know, what a great guy and how wonderful he wanted to help somebody. But I listened to it from a technical perspective and I thought, well, he's not doing anything 
majorly clever or difficult. He's just, his energy is wonderful, but technically it's just, he's, he's not getting in the way. Do you know what I mean? He wasn't trying to do anything mm. clever, complicated, you know, with psychiatry and, you know, psychologists. This stuff can be very, very technical and very, very head focused. This was heart focused. This was just literally creating a space in which a person can discover themselves and start to unlock, you know, who they were supposed to be all along. What was the biggest aha moment when you met with him for you? Like um, everything I've been taught at school is rubbish. All of it. The information is fantastic and fine, but the structure of how a human being learns to live their best life and to follow the right path. You know, we had careers advisors, advisors at school that told you what job to do. Nobody told me to be a personal development expert or you know anything like that. I don't think anyone even told me to be an entrepreneur or to be in business. Or nobody got me on that energetic level at all. It was like, you know, you could go and work at the dairy, you know, where the St. Ivor, where they make the milk and the butter, or you could go and work at the car factory, or, you know, if you're really ambitious, you could go and get a job at the, um, what was called Hambro Life at the time, you know, the big life insurance agency. You know, these are the big employers in Swindon, go and work for one of those. What I saw very quickly was, wow, no, there's a completely different energy about me that well, I could create things, I could set up a business, or I could, you know, I could help people change their lives. You know, this started to evolve over time, of course. I couldn't, it's like when you first learn something, you can't always put the words to it, but you can feel a change and you feel a shift. And it's like, wow, I've just woken up. This is the real me. And I'd learned nothing compared to what I've just learned in five minutes. And I couldn't tell you what it was I learned. I just knew I'd learned about the real world. Well, sometimes, yeah, sometimes when, when it's happening on such a deep level in your subconscious, you can't put words to it. Our ego gets in the way of, of the subconscious knowing a heck of a lot more than our ego does. Absolutely. I have it with clients all the time. I mean, you've probably heard this as well. You know, I, I have clients and I do some work with them and they just do these amazing things. I just, you know, I love my clients. They, they just produce these incredible results and breakthroughs and I'm in awe of them but but they kind of think I've done something and they'll say Ed my life's so different I'm so and they'll say to me this is the same thing they'll say there are no words there are just no words I can't put into words what's happened and I'll say I know I've been there I, I understand there's no words and you know for the moment let's have no words because that's probably the best way words will make yeah. things lot oil it just just enjoy it's like surfing isn't it so just enjoy I've never surfed, by the way, but but just enjoy. <laughs> sounds like you're. It sounds like you're living your dream too. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, I I, I do what I want to do. Put it that way. What attracted me to your fifty-seven law of attraction tips? Again, I I saw it at random on Facebook. I clicked uh -huh. on it and I loved the whole list. I I couldn't get enough of it, and I couldn't believe that all of that. It, it's almost a the size of a. a book really <laughs> I was surprised you gave that away and what I noticed about you is you are very generous in giving a, a lot of information at very low cost or no cost and I, I just really I wanted to give you that my hats off to you and you're not charging thousands of dollars for a majority of your stuff and it is extremely helpful yep yeah, I mean, my main course, like if somebody wanted to do something, you know, of mine um, and kind of get to that place I was describing where you, you kind of become empowered, you take the power yourself. You know, I'm not one of those, I do stuff to people and it changes them at all. Like I'm, I'm very much the, I take people to a place in which they can take over, you know, and that, that's, nice. that's how I see it. And, um, I, you know, I have that ultimate abundance course, 
you know, we've very much kind of put a lot of stuff in there about financial abundance because that's where a lot of people are hurting. Um, yes. Know that, but but there's a bigger picture behind that, and 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 that particular product. I mean, that like I charge seventeen dollars for that, and it's just as low as I possibly could. I know, that. and and it's crazy. I I sit there like what it has in it, it has sixteen meditations, which all by itself that they're what twenty thirty minutes a piece. Uh-huh. It's just really wonderful material, and what I liked about the Abundance Index is it's customized. It's a it's a test that you take. I guess I should back the truck up and tell listeners what it is. The Abundance Index test. What it does is you write the answers to the best of your ability. For you. it's not you know an intellectual test. It's more of something that um, resonates with you. It takes mm-hmm. I don't know maybe ten fifteen minutes tops, and um, then it gives you feedback on where your strengths are and where your challenges are. And I don't know how the heck it does it, but it gives you questions to ask yourself and you write down those questions and um, it, it talks about your, your strengths and your weaknesses. And I just think it's so powerful. How did you come up with that program, that recipe? I know you're not a tech guy, but how did you, how did you come up with the abundance index? Just it's it's born of a philosophy that I follow that um, that's all about leverage or leverage. I mean, you, you I, people pronounce it differently, but the word leverage or the word leverage is based on um, the word lever. You know, to pull a lever. And sure. I think, you know, my experience of people like people are really struggling. Like they're really stuck. They're exhausted. They just they don't know what to do because they're you know they'll say I'm lazy, but they're not lazy. They're they're just worn out and. Um, it, it, to me, I'm watching them like in a movie and they're wandering around, not sure what to do next. And I can see they have so much power and strength inside of them. And I can't necessarily tell them what it is, but I can sense it. I know everyone has this energy they can plug into. And it's and it's been there all their lives. You know, you've always had it with you. You've just got to kind of get into that place and stay there. And so my philosophy is not trying to teach people to do things the same as everyone else. I'm not trying to make them, you know, the whole kind of hard work thing of you just have to work hard, work hard, work hard, which is a disaster because I'm not knocking hard work. But if you're doing the wrong hard work, you're just getting more and more lost in the forest. And the harder you work, the more lost you get. With the abundance index, the leverage idea is there's this lever. You pull it and you're where you want to be. So how can I help people get to to um to that to that place and, and and that's the idea of that whole kind of quiz thing the you know the, the index itself is mm-hmm. that um you start to realize the things in life where you've been successful or where you've had a good day or where you were happy where you you, you discovered what i call source code you, you tap into that just that energy that works for you um that's that's the lever you that, that's the lever that's where you need to get to it's a wonderful wonderful thing and you know, i just think everybody's got this kind of superhero superstar thing inside of them uh, but they're usually looking in all the wrong places. It's like that game, you know, hide and go seek or hide and seek when you're a kid. And, you know, you, you, you're looking for someone and, and in the background, your friends are shouting warmer, colder, you know, warmer, colder, warmer, colder. And it's like most people are colder. They're not looking in the right place. It's like, it's like an eternal subconscious trick that the exact answer is where it's always been. And when you find it, it was always obvious. And so yeah. I can't tell people where that is. I just... I have a knack. Hopefully, I have a knack of hope, helping them to get into that energy where they they start to get warmer. Oh yeah, it, it's a wonderful program. We're speaking with Ed Lester. He is the uh, inventor of the Abundance Index, theabundanceindex.com, and also the Fifty Seven Law of Attraction tips that you can find on his blog, edlester.com. And yes, we will have. Uh, 
links to those both of those sites uh, up on Self Talk Radio Show's website. Ed, I was going back to the 57 Law of Attraction tips, and one of them is the field of dreams. I, I think I wrote on your Facebook wall because <laughs> I'm I'm stuck right now. I'm just going to be totally out there. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like okay, I have the pitcher, I have the catcher, and I've built my field of dreams, and I'm the one that's running around being the batter and the pitcher and the catcher, and I'm selling popcorn in the stands. I'm doing it all, basically. What advice do you give to someone who might be trying to push a little too hard? Stop trying to do it by yourself is my usual advice. But the thing is, I don't give advice. You know, I say it's my usual advice. I I think, right, okay. And And so I'm giving you a I guess almost like a sidebar here. I'm saying, you know, this is how my thinking process would be. So sure. not necessarily what I said, because I like coaching and you know, I coach people. The last thing you ever do is tell them what to do. Or if you do, you tell them the wrong thing on purpose or what you think might be the wrong thing. Or you, 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 you ask them questions that get them into the space where they start to discover things. But like I say, as a sidebar, my hypothesis with most people in a similar situation to, to yourself or, to, you know, situa- I've been in this situation totally. And I, you know, I work with people in this situation every day. And it's one of the, you know, one of the big, big breakthroughs is to realize you do not need to be doing this by yourself. It's a massive, massive kind of door to walk through. You know, I, one thing in coaching that I think is really, really important is just to be so proud of the things that you're bad at. I'm like, I'm so proud of the things I'm bad at. I really am. I and, and, and most people are very protective of that because they've been taught to work on weaknesses. I'm like, never, ever work on your weaknesses. Never, never do that. On a scale of one to ten, if ten is your biggest strengths, you probably don't even know what they are yet. You know, other people can see them, but you probably haven't quite, you know, worked them out. Um, on a scale of one to 10, 10 is the things you should work the most on. Most people are told, well, now you've got that covered, you know, like you're really good at this. So, you know, stop doing that because you've got that covered. Go and work on some weaknesses now. And that's that's the worst possible advice. I, interesting. I that's very well, interesting. Yeah. Sports is a great metaphor. It's like taking the guy in the sports team who's really fast. Just because that guy's really fast, there's no point in saying, well, look, now you've got that covered. You need to go and practice in a different position now and get good at that one as well. That's just garbage. These guys are paid millions and millions and millions of dollars to be incredibly good at one thing. And I think the rest of us could, could learn from that. Ed Lester is my guest on Self Talk Radio Show, the founder of the Abundance Index. He'll expand on why it's okay to not work on your weaknesses, where to focus your energy, and how to apply the 80-20 rule to your life. It's all next on Self Talk Radio Show. Can't sleep? Try this. Sleep Meditation offers soothing meditations to help you sleep like a baby and awaken what's inside. All you have to do is choose the meditation you want to listen to from our library at sleepmeditation.org. Click play and enjoy. If you want to keep the recording, purchase the downloads you want. Plus, Sleep Meditation offers specials on motivational pieces that help you start positive change, stop bad habits, or sleep like a baby. Sleepmeditation.org. Welcome back to Self Talk Radio Show. I'm Sarah Spencer. My guest is Ed Lester, the founder of the Abundance Index, expounding on why it's okay to not work on your weaknesses, where to focus your energy, and how to apply the 80-20 rule to your life. We continue the conversation. DIY, you know, in New Zealand, it's sacrilegious to say you don't like do it yourself. You don't like being a handyman. Because, you know, it's part of the psyche of the nation here for us to be good at, you know, if a shelf needs putting up, you put the shelf up. If a hole needs drilling, you drill the hole. I'm like the opposite. I couldn't be more opposite. I'm like, I hate it. 
I always describe <laughs> that slug metaphor of when we were kids, you know, the slugs used to eat the lettuces in the garden. So our parents used to go and put salt on around and the slugs would get salt on and would just shrivel up. And I'm like, you know, you make me do do it yourself. I'm like the, the slug with the salt on it. I, I hate it. I'm so bad at it. If you want a shelf that things roll off of because it's not on a straight angle, get me to put the shelf up. I'm the worst. Um, <laughs> I'd rather things in my eyes than pick up a drill or a hammer or something. Okay. Now that's funny, but at the end of the day, when I share that with people, they just people go, "Oh, it's like all of a sudden I didn't realise it's okay not to be good at stuff." You know, you just sense it about them. They're like, "Oh my goodness, I didn't realise it." Now, in my business, you know, when I say to people, "Business," if you're running a business. Think of the thing you hate the most, the thing you really, really hate the most. For me, that's bookwork, you know, accounting, bookwork type stuff. I cannot be doing with that, or technical. So the first luxury I treated myself to in business was, I'll get someone to do my bookwork for me. And suddenly I realized, well, even years ago when I was working as a hypnotherapist and a life coach and, you know, kind of doing the charging people by an hour, by the hour type thing. You know, so someone comes to see me for a session for an hour and it's $100, whatever. Even when I was doing that stuff, it was just like a Homer Simpson doll moment, like, oh, why did I not figure this out before? I just, someone's just done my book work for me. I just feel like the luckiest person in the world, like someone actually enjoys doing that. I can't believe it. They're actually doing my book work and they love doing it. It takes them an hour and they're charging me like $20 or $25. And it's and so just, worth it because it would take you 10 times that amount of time. Yeah. yeah. I've just spent the last hour chatting like we're chatting now with somebody and they paid me a hundred dollars and they're saying, wow, I should have paid you thousands of dollars. It's made such a difference. And I'm like, this is so obvious now. I'm giving somebody value and charging. Somebody else has given me value with their accounting bookwork and charging and everyone's happy. And I just feel like a little bit of weight's been lifted from my shoulders. And that's my whole kind of philosophy with business growth and helping people there is like, you know, you're walking up this mountain, you're carrying all these bricks. Let's just get rid of a couple of bricks and then we'll get rid of a couple more and then we'll get rid of a couple more. And eventually it's just life is so much easier, and more rewarding. And you get to add so much value to people's lives by doing the things that you're good at and focusing on, in on them and being world-class, but it's counterintuitive. There's the problem, Sarah, is people will tell you, oh, you can't do that. That's wrong. You know, you, should, you really, it needs to be hard. It does not need to be hard. It needs to be joyful. When it's joyful, all of a sudden, you know, everything Richard, works. Yeah, Richard Branson is not gr grinning his face off 24 hours a day for no reason. <laughs> That's he's true. Living, I love he's him. He's amazing. He is amazing because he's discovered the secret and he can't believe nobody else has. He's like, have fun. Now, That's how cool. you've got a question here in, in your law of attraction tips how to manifest things 100 times faster. I know a lot of people are saying it's not happening fast enough, or why is this happening so slow? Do you have any advice for that? One way to look at it is the 80 20 thing. You know, you work out which clothes you wear 80% of the time, you know, which 20% of your clothes you wear 80% of the time, and throw the other 80% out because it's a, it's a mirage. Okay. And it's the same. They discovered this years ago, Sarah. I mean, in, in those big office buildings, they were spending millions and millions of dollars carpeting the big flash offices, you know, like in New York and stuff. Mm -hmm. Acres and acres and acres of carpet. Nice, beautiful carpet for luxury offices, for, you know, big rich banks and stuff. And they were having to replace these carpets like every year or every two years or whatever. And it was costing millions. 
And then somebody realized, somebody read the 80-20 law. They read the book and they realized, well, only 20% of these carpets are actually being walked on. The other 80%, there's nothing wrong with them. So this led to an innovation called carpet tiles. So office buildings started using carpet tiles and every year they'd replace the 20% that were getting walked on. Hmm. Um, okay, now that's like our lives. So everything you do today, if, if I sat you down, Sarah, if I was coaching you, I would be like, you know, we're going to do a bit of an audit here. And again, I'm fast tracking it because I'd want you to discover this stuff for yourself, really, in, in your own way, because then you'd own it and then you'd discover things I don't even know about. But as a process, what we do is you would write out, you know, here's the 50 things I do in my life and my business. And then we'd say, well, okay, well, of those 50, let's say 100, just to make nice easy numbers so people really get this. There's 100 things that you do every day, you know, I, oh, I cook food, I, I, you know, I clean my house, I, I do my book work, my business, I interview people like Ed, and I, I do the editing, and I do the marketing, and I, I send emails, and I, 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 I make the software work, and et cetera, et cetera. I do scheduling, do admin, do bookkeeping, so on. You've written down 100 different right. things. Right, right. And then what you do is you just tick the, the 20 of those that give you the most enjoyment. And the other 80, you just, one by one, depending on how much pain they're causing, you just get rid of them, one by one. And so now you're left with the 20 things that you actually enjoy, and that's the 80-20 rule. But then what's really, really cool is at that point, that 20% now becomes the 100%. And so now you do the same thing again, and you just keep doing the same thing until you're like, wow, I do one thing. What if you go through that list and it's like, well, that's all fun and good, but I do have to do all these jobs in order to pay all my bills. What do you, what's your answer to that? See, I don't get backed into corners. That's not a coach's job. I say figure that out because when you figure it out, life is going to be great. Yeah. Let's figure it out. Do you think anybody else has ever figured that out? I mean, I I had a woman called uh, Sarah, a friend of mine, um, she in England, she and she was a real estate agent, and she was a fantastic real estate agent. She was the best. She didn't do anything she hated. She was like, we lived in a, a town called Kidlington. We did, I worked in a town called Kidlington. It's very, very interesting for two reasons. Number one, with Kidlington, it's the largest village in the world or something like that. certainly the largest village in Britain. It's the size of a town, but for some reason, it's officially a village. So, so that's fascinating. Uh, the other fascinating thing about Kidlington is it's where Richard Branson lives. I assume he still lives there. He had a big house on the corner of the village. Um, and if you ever read his stuff, like, you know, um, Losing My Virginity, the Richard Branson's Building His Empire and stuff, it's a fantastic book. Uh, yeah. And he talks about that house with great love and affection. It was where he brought his family up and everything else. The reason they built the house, though, the reason they bought the house, though, excuse me, I believe is because there's a massive airport there that all the Formula One Grand Prix drivers use. Uh, so it's the largest civilian airport in Britain or something. So, you, you know, you, you can have a light aircraft there and get anywhere in the world very, very quickly without having to queue in big traffic jams. It's like a village with an air, an international airport for rich people, basically. And I think that's why Richard Branson based himself there. Gotcha. But anyway, that aside, that's where I worked. Now, I worked with Sarah. And Sarah was, she won an award nationally for the best real estate agent in times of the recession. There was a great big recession in the 80s, as you know, and she right. came out She came out of it selling more houses, not less. And I tried to figure this out with her, as a lot of young guys did, but, you know, she was a bit older, she was a woman, she was very family-orientated. This was in the days of the, you know, the kind of the, 
um, the flash young yuppie guys, you know, all trying to be the best at selling houses and making money and all of that stuff in the 80s. It was the, the fast 80s, whatever. And they were like, how is this woman doing so much business when everyone else is suffering? And, you know, the housing market has crashed. It's a joke. How, how does she keep selling these houses? Now, did she have two strategies? I'm going to share them both with you. The first one was she only did what she enjoyed. She didn't do any admin. She didn't do any book work or any of that stuff. She had people doing that. Okay. So she was employing more people and everybody else was employing less. Secondly, and, 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 and that stretched the point of, of in Kidlington, you had two types of property. You had your town properties, which was 80%, and you had your big flash village mansions and country houses, um, you know, the real market properties. And that was 20% of the market. And everybody did everything because that's what you did. She said, uh-uh. She had other assistants, other estate agents that looked after the town properties. She wasn't going near them. She wasn't interested. She was like, I just do the country properties. And so that was all she did because she loved it. She just adored it. Now, that was one strategy. So she, she did the 80-20 and then she 80-20 did it again and so on. But the other thing with Sarah that was absolutely amazing was she, she it wasn't what she did. It was how she thought. Okay, this is, this is the crazy wisdom thing that I talk about. It's nothing to do with what she did. It was everything to do with the cog that drives what she does. If you think the right way, if you have the right self-identity, if you get that whole subconscious thing fixed up so it's like you know who you are and your thinking strategies are right, the way you think, the whole law of attraction thing becomes really straightforward. And that's the hundred times faster. If you try and have affirmations or do vision boards, but you don't fix the, the, the cog that's driving that stuff, which is the identity and the thinking processes and the subconscious programming, the rest of it is you're just you're fighting against the grain. That's the problem. Now, she had the thinking stuff right. So all these young kids were like, oh, you know, let's copy what Sarah does. Let's, 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 let's copy what she does and we'll be successful as well. But, of course, it didn't work for them. So then in the end, they just ignored it. People ignore things they don't understand, you know, like they're not even there. Yeah. And, and uh, but what she, I found out what she was thinking. I asked her, I did what nobody else would do. I said, Sarah, how do you do it? What, what are you doing that's so different from everybody else? And she says, Ed, I'll tell you the secret. Yeah, okay, I'm not telling anybody else. And they don't ask anyway, because they just don't for whatever strange reason. Um, she said, I'll tell you the secret. She says, every single person I deal with, she said, I pretend that they are my family. In a very real, very heartfelt, very genuine way, I'm going to think like, this person is somebody's mother or somebody's brother or somebody's son or, you know, somebody's sister. And I'm thinking to myself, how would I like them to be treated? And I treat them like that. And that's what I do. So if, if there's a hard truth to be told, I'll tell them it. If, if it's good news, I'll tell them it. If it's bad news, I'm straight on the phone. And I can deliver bad news in a way that people thank me for it because I, because I, I genuinely you know, I'm not getting trapped emotionally in there, not at all, I'm a professional. But on the other hand, if I sent my mum to a real estate agent to sell her house, how would I want her treated? That's how I treat people. And I just love that. I did not say that would work for everybody, but for her and her energy, it was the perfect fit and it made her very, very, very special at what she did. And okay, if she'd chosen a different career or a different business, she probably would have done great in that as well. But she had the perfect matchup of what she wanted to do doing it in her own way and with a strategy that was just beautiful and worked beautifully. And like I say, she became the most successful real estate agent in times of recession. So it made no difference. 
made no difference to her at all. And as far as I know, Virgin Virgin was doing well at the same time. So maybe some of that Richard Branson energy was wafting across Kidlington or something. <laughs> Ed, Ed, what is what's next for you? I mean, you do the Abundance Index and uh -huh. um, your blog and your Facebook page. You're pretty active on, and mm -hmm. and, and I think that is so unique about you is that you are very responsive and your team is amazing too uh very accessible and very and i think that you've used this of pretending they're my family with your facebook group just just watching you on there what is next for you uh in helping others oh you know i just you know, i'm just always doing my thing and figuring stuff out the same as everyone else i mean i i run a hypnotherapy and a life coaching school over here in new zealand i don't teach hypnotherapy so much now um but i but it's something i set up and founded you know i spent years and years and years helping people stopping smoking and phobias and all that stuff and it's not you know in the big picture of things my my message and my philosophy is an abundance one and so i don't work in a modality where I treat people as having a problem. People have come to me and say, Ed, I'm broken. And no, I don't, I don't resonate with that. I can refer somebody to a very empathetic counselor or healer who will work in that philosophy. And that's, and that's great. And you know, people don't think I'm unempathetic. I hope I hope people think I'm very empathetic, but they also know I'm not very patient. And, and, I, and I'm like, you know, there's the sky. Let's make the sky higher. I just can't. I've always been that way. I, I came into the world as an optimist, and that's my energy. And so, you know, when when I work and teach people, I want I like working with people who are really positive, really energized, very ambitious, um, and and want to live in abundance. If I'm going to teach someone how to to manifest and empower themselves, and you know, manifest amazing things in their life, I'm really buzzed and motivated and inspired by the people that want to do that for themselves and spread it out there. And so in a very, sometimes in a very practical and formal way, I want to help people become coaches and, and hypnosis experts and personal development experts and, and to, you know, to, to make an incredible living doing that. Sometimes I, I, I want to do that in a very proactive way, but also for some people, it's just like, I want to give them these skills so they can go out into the world and, and help create these changes and these energy shifts with their own families, with their own friends in a, in a much more informal way. It's like being a secret abundance coach. I think, you know, I'm ready to spend a lot more time building out a program where I help people do that in a, in a very proactive way because a lot of people are doing business building and getting clients and setting up online businesses and lifestyle businesses. And, you know, they've got certain pieces to the jigsaw, maybe very tactically or very technically or, you know, one particular marketing channel or one particular strategy they've got nailed down. Um, I, I kind of have a bigger picture to that. And I, I, I'll probably, that's probably where I'm going next is back into that stuff. And so, you know, I just, I'm figuring out what people want from me there. And when I really understand it, that's, that's where we're going next. I'd like people out there really kind of changing the world in their world. The old idea that people are broken and you need to just kind of put them in hypnosis and make them do, you know, give them suggestions to make them change things. I just think that's so, so outdated and although it can work like magic it's actually you know it's only one percent of what it can be when people learn how to do it properly and so you know my mission is to teach people how to really figure out subconscious programming and unblocking and and abundance basically what i call abundance just just making it happen and making it happen big that's what i want to teach people and so yeah a, a long-winded answer to your question sarah hopefully
making it happen and making it happen big. That's what you're all about. And I firmly believe that. Um, really have enjoyed your series uh, with the Abundance Index. Love the 57 Law of Attraction tips and highly, highly, highly recommend your newsletter. It's one of the few newsletters I get that uh, I look forward to receiving because I do get about 400 emails a day. <laughs> Yours is one that I look forward to because it's thoughtful. It, it uh, thought provoking and I thoroughly enjoy receiving it. Ed, thank you so much for being on the show. It's uh, just wonderful to have your energy and, and uh, your wisdom on. Yeah, you're very, very welcome. I don't feel like I've shared very much today. I mean, if you've got any other questions, please ask away. And <laughs> You shared a lot. I really appreciate it. Yeah. Um, okay. I, I think helping people with business, I think helping people with abundance and some of the gotchas that are out there and shifting mm -hmm. the way that they look at life as, you know, not being broken. But, you know, what do you want? You, you're really firm on what you don't want. What do you want? And some of us mm -hmm. don't even know how to answer that. And uh, and that's what I feel the Abundance Index is really good at pinpointing is what what is it that you want? And uh, yeah. that's that's a special jewel that you've made for people. As a, as a life coach, the idea is to get to the point of finding out not just what they want, but what they love, what they adore. And people are so uncomfortable with that because they feel guilty. Like, well, I don't know, who am I to do what I love doing? And it's like, well, when someone says they know what they they don't know what they love doing, it's quite easy to get to because you just need to find out what they hate doing, and it's usually the opposite. Like I would give you an example now, you know, just as a coaching point. I'm not sure if we've got any life coaches or whatever listening here, but if they are, this might be quite helpful uh, as a as a way of you know an operating system really. Yeah. Uh, tell me this, Sarah. If somebody tells you, let's think, I, I always use the rugby example, but that's not really very good. That's very New Zealand orientated. <laughs> that's okay. We we can run with it. <laughs> We're flexible over here across the pond. <laughs> so who are the two big rivals in Vermont sports-wise? Oh, man, you would have to ask me a sports question. Um, well, we've, we've got UVM and, and St. Michael's, so we'll, we'll go with college. Okay, so who are the two teams? Uh, University of Vermont and St. Michael's College. Let's, let's go with hockey. That'll really throw you. Okay. So <laughs> University of Vermont, if somebody tells you they hate the University of Vermont hockey team. What are they really telling you? That they like St. Mike's. Nope. No. Possibly. But what are they really telling you? I, if they passionately hate Vermont, University of Vermont hockey team, what are they really telling you? Uh, why you stumped me? Because I, I would think that they, they hate them because they love their own team. They love hockey is what they're telling you. Yes, they love hockey. They That's something they have in common. But they don't know how to verbalize that. At that moment in time, what we pick up as hatred is usually passion for something else. And that's part of chunking up into these kind of higher levels of belief and higher values and higher energy. And then we can get quite spiritual about it. And, you know, people, when they talk about sports, you know, often the least spiritual person in the world, when they start talking about their favorite sports team, it becomes very spiritual. You you sense this energy of, wow, then there's some higher level energy going on here. And, you know, unfortunately, it does often manifest itself in that hatred and rivalry and violence and what have you. But if you can take the reverse of that and go with the kind of love energy, which is what do they actually love? Um it can be really, really beautiful. And, and, and point is, when people say, I don't know what I love, it's actually not that difficult to get to. What's mm -hmm. making them angry? What's making them frustrated? And what's making them despair? 
you know, will often lead you. People say they don't hate something. I don't hate anything. Well, sometimes they do. Sometimes they hate violence, for instance. And when you find out they hate violence, it's like, well, now we start to tap into what they love and what's important to them. And, you know, people who hate violence tend to be very special people. Ed Lester's been my guest today on Self Talk Radio Show. If you want more information, go to our website, selftalkradioshow.com. Ed, thank you so much. No, you're so very welcome. Thank you, Sarah. Thanks for the invitation. Absolutely thrilled and um, very, very grateful. I'm Sarah Spencer for Self Talk Radio Show. This program has been a production of Hall Communications, Burlington, Plattsburgh.